Okay, I'm turning off messenger so I won't see shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to it, perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. Rather than getting a countdown, I got one production note from Eagle saying, you said penis. That's all we got. That's all we got. I am your host, Pete Del Riz. I'm joined, of course, by the behooded Terry Tan. The behooded. Behooded. We're at the behooding point. season, to be fair. It is. We're also at the point, it, not only behooding season, but hoodie, uh, hoodie uh, 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 theft season, I will say. A lot of hoodies and sweaters are being are being uh, thieved, are being stolen by the uh, opposite sex of people's relationships. Oh yes, that is in fact yeah. correct. Is yes. in fact this correct. is this is stolen hoodie season? Absolutely. Absolutely. In my case, stolen sock season. All right, I'm also it's a stolen warmth season, but in my relationship, I'm the cold one, uh, okay. so I'm the one stealing warmth. So I'm I'm a warmth. So you're the one that cuddles up behind your wife and you're just like, doo, 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 you think? Yeah, it's a funny visual if you know the two of us because I'm large and she is not. Um, so we have a, a psychotic show to get through, Terry. I don't remember a week where we've had so much content. Uh, maybe it's just because... Is there such thing as too much content? There might be. Honestly, like we talked about last week, like the, the sports hangover. Like I kind of, after the World Series last night, I was like, I was so revved up. I couldn't get to sleep till like 2 in the morning because it was a great game. It was fun. And then I just sort of felt like this feeling of like anxiety of like, oh, man, there was so much sports. And like now there's still football. And like, but then when are we going to get sports back? And it was just like all of these feelings of like this was awesome but also tiring. But also when is awesome coming back? <laughs> this is the type – It's the. it's been the season where it's like – it, you get these rays of hope that things are, might get back to normal, and then you just randomly you'll Google COVID alerts and you'll see all the deaths and all the sickness and all the people that are infected, and you're like, you know, this life, life isn't going to be normal for a long time. For not yeah, for for quite not quite some time. And um, fucking, I think it snowed downtown today. So we have Fuck. a ton of stuff happening. Uh, so so much so that we couldn't cover something that was breaking just as we were getting ready for the show. Um, Houston Rockets getting ready to. Uh, Announced their new hire, Daryl Morey, looking to get hired as well. Um, but we're not going to get to any of that because we have too much on our docket. We're not even going to get to Borat 2, which I think is the most important political movie of our time. Um, but we, we'll, it's a shame. It's a shame. It really is. But um, maybe I'll write an article about the basketball stuff, um, unless you guys want to cover it on Weekly Sauce. I know we should probably discuss this in a meeting, but whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it no, out. You, you can write your article. We're not talking basketball in Weekly Sauce. Okay, so I'll do basketball. No problem. Yeah, we're doing I, a mid I do have a very okay. important topic I think we need to discuss. Okay. Um, now that I've been stuck at home for I don't know how long now, I've noticed that I'm not like eating out for lunch anymore, right? I'm not even ordering Uber Eats. I'm making like sandwiches at home. And I had this, I guess, uh, epiphany that I don't know how to make a sandwich. And mm -hmm. I say that because start processing how you make your sandwich. Like think about it like scientifically. Let's say you have like your breads, your cheeses, your meats, your condiments, right? Like your spreads, your vegetables, you know, your salad, your tomato, your eggplant, whatever you're going to put in it. What order do you do? Like do you stack them in? And I started like thinking about it and it actually I'm like, I don't know how to do this. 
All right, first so this all, is my first process. Of all, tomato is the ruiner of sandwich. Yeah, so yeah. If fuck, anyone says fuck tomato, tomato, no place in sandwich. Fuck a tomato. It's like pineapple on pizza. It's garbage. Yeah, yeah. You don't put you don't put tomatoes in your sandwich unless it's like a BLT where it's like it's or tolerable. It's design. You need it exactly. It's yeah, be. exactly. Now, when you're building a sandwich, a, sang- a sandwich, as you guys would say, what, uh, what kind of sandwich? What kind of sandwich? Are we talking about here? Are we talking like a cold cut sandwich? Are we talking yeah, like a let's go ball? let's go cold cut like so some cold sort cuts. of meat? Yeah. Okay, so cold cuts. What I like to do is you got two condiments and that's max. If you try to put a third one in there, you're terrorist. Yeah. Second of all, when it comes to your condiments, it's got to be a thin layer. But I like to double the thin layer. So by that I mean on each side of the toast, you put a thin layer of like hot mustard, a really good mustard, so a strong one. It's gonna kick you right in the nose and like the mouth. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's the one I that's one I have. It's unbelievable. So Love best Love best it. mustard. Um or Mike's barbecue uh, BBQ rub truffle mustard truffle sauce, which it's is true. That's now our favorite mustard because yeah. we like money. Yeah, exactly. And that sucks your dick. So mm. you put the thin layer of the Keens or the Mike's be- uh, mustard truffle on your toast. Uh, if you don't like it toasted, I don't like it toasted. I like feeling the squishiness of the, the bread. Agreed. I like the different put, sensation of having the sort of bread, like a spongy sort of uh, texture. Yeah, my favorite combo is is uh, San Daniele Mortadella and uh, any kind of basically a salami. So like a Hungarian salami, spicy is my favorite. I like a Genoa, maybe a Sopressata. You know, you slap, slap maybe a double layer of those on just enough to cover the bread and then another layer of that, but on each side. So it mirrors. Everything's mirrored. Then you put your, your, your mortadella or the second cold cut you chose. Then you put a thin layer of mayo or Hellman's or whatever, you, whatever, whatever other sauce you chose that day. And then – so I'll do that. I'll put a thin layer of mayo in between where there's going to be mayo, cheese, a little bit of mayo again, and then the sandwiches, the meat. And that's how I do it. So for me, it depends if I'm eating it right away because overall I agree. Terry, you're describing someone who's going to eat that sandwich right away. That's the way to do it. You, you apply the condiments directly to the bread. However, yeah. if you're making a sandwich for a picnic, for a road trip, to bring to work, if you put the condiments on the bread, you're going to end up with soggy bread. So you need point. the lettuce shield. You go bread, lettuce, and directly on the meat and cheese, you apply the condiments, put that together, lettuce on the outer layers, protecting the bread. That way you keep... Ultimate freshness. Also, you can't knock a good like pickled eggplant like a melanzan. You can't you can't yeah. replace that with anything. So you got to slap a little bit of spice in there. That's a good way to do it. Or if you're going a little Polish, a little German, a little bit of sauerkraut, I suggest well, the one from Moishi's. Yeah. Solid. Like it. Like or you can even go. Um, oh man, I forgot the name of that. Eagle, what's that Italian spread? It's got like olives and stuff and. Tapenade. Uh, Kind of, but it's like it's a specific Italian one. It comes uh, from a bread. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, uh, exactly I can't remember the name. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. It'll come to me Fuck. at some point randomly throughout the show. So that cuts our, our intro time like immensely. But quickly, Terry, I like this story because it's immensely <laughs> stupid. And you know I have a rivalry with the NCAA that's lasted the dawn of time. But um, the following ruling was handed down to the UMass tennis team. They lost their A-10 championship they had three years worth of wins vacated um and they uh yeah so they have all these sanctions that were late that, that were uh, lev- levied to them um do you know what the reason was uh, possibly somehow some way because the ncaa would not be making money 
Yeah, well, it's worse than that, actually. This is the most petty thing in the world. So they, <laughs> they, uh, the girls stayed in a hotel. Um, the hotel charged them $252 for like a smart jack. What's a smart jack? It's like a, a, a jack that's, that's on the phone, like on the wall that you can plug in a phone and use it as a landline. Uh, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, to which they're, you know, young female students who probably have never seen a landline because I haven't owned a landline in 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why would they have? So they didn't even know what it was probably. Yet, so then what happened was the school said, you know what, girls, this is unfair. You shouldn't have to pay this. We'll pay the $252, right? Then they're like, you know what? The NCAA has some pretty weird rules. So they self-reported it to oh the NCAA. God. And the NCAA then levied that punishment. Now, come on. <laughs> this is unbelievable, man. Like. Unbelievable how it's. $252 for your entire team. Secondly, it's for a charge that they shouldn't have been charged in the first place. The school did the right thing in both circumstances, both paying for it and then telling the NCAA, and then you punish them anyway? That's nonsense. It's ridiculous. It's become it's become a point where it's like they have no human side. You know, all they yeah. see is the numbers. That's all they see. How are we going to save this $252 when we've made billions off of kids' heads? It's fucking exactly. nuts, man. It's stupid. It's absolutely, they're like, you know what? It's an unfair advantage for you to pay $252 uh, while we're making billions. Exactly. Unfair advantage. Unfair exactly. Advantage. But the person um, that actually sent out the like, the, to actually had the balls to say, "No, you guys are suspended and all this shit." Like, who is that human being? Like, and the worst is, like, if a compliance officer was looking through like the bills from the hotel, they wouldn't even have thought twice, right? Yeah. They'd be like, oh, 250 bucks, whatever." And one of the coaches probably got pay per view. Like, you know, like no one would have ever yeah. even noticed. They did the right thing and got penalized. Uh, <laughs> or so you thought, do the quick thing, the look and see if it's porn, and you're like, "No, it's fine." Yeah, no porn, you're good. Um, actually, they probably would have been okay if coaches ordered porn instead. If they ordered two hundred fifty dollars of porn, that would have been fine. Um, but again, we're we're tight for time. I just thought that was a humorous story. I, d I want to see you laugh, Terry Tam, before we get into the news. Eagle sing. Eagle sing. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Boys, I just got uh, uh, something happened just now. What? Something very unprecedented. I got my socks back. The socks oh, nice. were just, they were just thrown news. to me. Yeah, they were just thrown back at me because of the comments I made. I don't know what to do. They're the cowboy socks. They're good socks, too. You know. So Maybe that's why she threw them back at you. <laughs> no, I think it was more. Well, she voluntarily wears these ones. It's very weird to me. But I got them back, so we're good. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you, like, Terry, like, I know that you have your headset on, so like you're the only one who can hear this question, and that's very important. Uh, are you are you uh, secretly looking forward to getting back into the studio so that your girlfriend won't hear everything you say? <laughs> Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I don't think I'm the only one. No, not at all. Um, Terry, the the uh, World Series was decided last night. Um, the LA Dodgers are victorious. Um, they they win. Oh. World Series. Uh, you and I kind of had mixed feelings about about how it would be, but uh, either way, I think we would have been happy with whatever happened. And it was honestly, it was a great. Uh, the, the last two rounds specifically were absolutely excellent. And then I thought this was a great World Series, and it was finished off by an absolute beauty of a game. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but I watched the highlights this nice. morning. And yeah, things I could have known before. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I I know pretty much what happened. I watched like the abridged uh, version this morning. I'd say, uh, 
Um, six minute, uh, the six minute review, so you can watch on the toilet. Yeah, exactly that yeah. one. No, it was ten minutes. It was ten minutes. I watched pretty much the whole thing, and um, man, it was, it was it looked like a good game. Why the hell would they take out Snell? I mean, I know everybody's freaking so out here's, about it. Here's the thing. I know, I know. It's the easy thing. The easy stance is why the hell? That's why you don't listen to math, so on and so forth. But like the only no, reason, it's not even math. It's like logic. It's like the guy only gave up one hit, and all of a sudden we're taking him out. So th there's there's something mathematical apparently, and, and we don't even know that for sure. This is why Kevin Cash made that decision, um, but there's something about when when starters face hitters for the third time, they're X amount more likely to get a hit. And he was heading towards the heart of the lineup, like Mookie Betts was was uh, was uh, yeah. There's a few was guys. Deck. Up. Yeah. Sorry. So, Mookie, so essentially, Mookie like Betts and Corey Seager were up. So I mean, yeah. I get that. Yeah. So I understand that, and and the thing is, is that I understand. And Snell obviously wasn't happy, and, and no pitcher ever wants to get taken out in a, in a tight game. Yeah. But if it was in fact an analytical decision, wouldn't you say that analytics is what got the Rays to the World Series in the first place? Like this is a team built on that, right? Like they don't even get there with this team unless they do a lot of these things that allow them to take some shortcuts. Oh, this team is nowhere without those analytics, but they're also nowhere without Jacob Snell. Jake Snow, Jake yeah, Snow. Yeah, of course. So they're also nowhere without him, without Glasnow, without Kermeyer. They're, they're nowhere without those guys. So you can add analytics. I think baseball is the only sport where analytics actually works. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you can you, – you legit well, don't need a manager. Basketball basketball was a quick analytic where like three points is more than two points. Yeah, yeah okay. It's not harder to make. No, but when it comes to like changing your lineups and stuff because there's baseball so, – so many stats. There's so many stats when it comes to baseball. Where in basketball, football, and hockey, you really there's a there's a team aspect to that where you can't really replace it with numbers. So I can understand the whole thing. Trust what's got you to the dance, right? What got you to the dance? These numbers. Let's follow the numbers. But there's also a, a thing of trying to overcoach, and but also it's the, there's a double standard there. The double standard would be if he takes out Jake Snell and then they end. Oh, sorry, if he keeps him in and they end up losing, Mookie bets it's a home run. They lose the game. Everybody's gonna be saying, "Oh, how come he didn't just stick exactly. to the numbers?" No matter, no matter what you so, do, you're winning. No matter what you do, and, and yeah. they would have said all season long, you you would have taken them out because of exactly. analytics. Why is this different? And like Jake Snow was at was at seventy three pitches, right? So then, yeah. like, like by the end of the inning, he's at what, like eighty, eighty two. Like he's not lasting much longer anyway, right? No, so, I mean. I, I, that's the thing, but he's playing so well where everybody looks back at that year. I think it was 2015, uh, Giants, Madison Baumgartner, where he was standing. Uh, he pitched the entire game, a perfect game in game seven, and they won the game with the San Francisco Giants. And I think people look at that, and people are expecting those moments in baseball. And you almost had a moment like that with uh, Jake Snell yesterday, and it was taken away It was taken away from you by analytics, where everybody already fucking hates, hates analytics to begin with. So I can understand the outrage. I can also understand both sides of it where Kevin Cash, you know, he's been a good coach and, you know, I think that he's been pretty fair when it comes to, you know, balancing the lineup when it comes to coaching and then the analytics as well. So uh, there's no knock on Kevin Cash for this one. I just think that we need to look at it as a little bit deeper as deeper than, oh, he was on a heater because then where you comes to play where if you, you know, the stats also tell you. That if you hit a guy, if you're facing a guy for the third time, chances are you'll lose. Just like if you play a team twice in the regular season in the NFL, and then you play them in the playoffs, if you beat them in the regular season, both games, and chances are you'll lose in the in the playoffs. It just it is what it is. And that's the thing. And and behind all this, how happy do you think Mike Zunino is? Because he had that pass ball that led to that rally, right? Like yeah. if if Mike Zunino just blocks that ball like he's supposed to, because it wasn't a ridiculous pitch to block. Um, he lets the ball get by him. 
the runner moves over and then comes around to score. Um, and in the end, like I know Blake Snell was pitching well, but you only scored one run. So like, there's a lot, other, a lot of other issues happen that led to the Dodgers winning. Uh, but I'm happy for Clayton Kershaw, who in the World Series, the, the I know he, the playoffs in general wasn't absolutely great for him, but in the in the, in the 11 innings he pitched in the World Series, he had a 2.31 ERA. He was excellent for the Dodgers in World Series. I'm happy he had his great moments in this World Series. I'm happy they finally won. Because everyone's got to get off his dick. So what he did right now was he he surpassed his 500 record. So now he's 13 and 12 in the regular season, in the playoffs, in the postseason. The guy has a, he's got a Hall of Famer in all over him. So the yeah. fact that we he can get this off his shoulder is amazing. And that's the, I think what's that's the his best record. Part. What's his record without trash cans? Uh, that's a good point. So it's a very good point. It's I new think baseball. He's, new he's basically it's like when they went to 162 games. It's new man. He's two and zero right now in the in the World Series without trash cans. His team was around him, was good. Uh, you know, he was successful, man. I mean, I think Kershaw is probably one of the best we've seen in a long time in the last twenty years. And it just sucks that he was always he had this cast over him of, you know, not performing in the playoffs, kind of like David Price did before he won with the Red Sox. You know, like that 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 he had that overshadowing cloud on top of him all the time. You suck in the postseason. You suck in the postseason. And for him to finally get that monkey off his back, you saw it in the celebrations. I think it's great. Absolutely. Um, the weird speaking, thing about the World speaking Series. Speaking of celebrations. Sorry? Speaking of celebrations, Justin Turner is going you know, to get fined for joining the celebration when he has COVID. Well, so here's I, – I have so many questions. Um, so did the league let him play knowing he had COVID? Did they test him mid-game? Did some of the players were like, hey, I think he's coughing. Let's test him. Like, how does it happen that he gets tested mid-game? I don't think he got tested mid-game. I think the results came in mid-game. So you're allowing them to play without getting results? Yeah, I don't that, know. Part that doesn't make any sense, right? The whole point of testing every day is that you get results before game time. So if yeah. you're testing them and then they go play and then you find out they're sick, it completely defeats the reason why you're testing them every day. If anything, yeah, so this he, is the worst case scenario because he's played half the game. At that point, what are you doing, right? Like he's already yeah. exposed the entire team. And the other team. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, not that um, baseball. Baseball just, doesn't just, have a lot of the a lot of. Uh, interaction i would say but you know they're all sharing one ball so that's the, that's the that's the piece to me that's like listen but, you still, guys like, but they're still hanging around each other they're still close like um the thing is like we saw the nba pull this off right and and the world's the the, the uh, latter stages of the mlb playoffs were supposed to be conducting a sort of like a, a semi-bubble as well and it just shows to me it shows you this is the way MLB was operating from the beginning that they were going to get to their money no matter what it was and they did that but they did give us a great product in exchange. It just Rob Manfred, you can't wonder why people hate you when you keep doing <laughs> things this way and why people uh, like the NBA when they handle things the way they handle things. Too much sketchiness when it came to this. I think that the Dodgers knew and they managed to sneak him in. The MLB only found out mid-game that he was playing or whatever happened. Uh, some report, then they pulled him out and then he snuck out again to go join the celebrations because fuck everybody, I have it already. So if, you're gonna, if you were going to get it, you're already going to get it. So, I mean... Uh, I've always thought Justin Turner was a piece of shit, and this just adds to it, I think. Terry, this is the, uh, I want to say, sixth straight week we lead with the Dallas Cowboys when it comes to football. And, like, I'm not even trying to do it. I'm not trying to bother you because this, to me, was an absolute story when it happened when Andy Dalton takes that late hit from John Bostick. I had, I don't know about you, 
and like you're a fan, you're a Cowboys fan. I'm not a Cowboys fan whatsoever. When I saw that, I was so angry because I, I, how dangerous we both know the game of football to be. To see someone take that kind of cheap shot at a defenseless player, I thought was completely unnecessary. Well, Bostic is known to be kind of like a dirty player. In college, he was the same way. Um, when I saw the hit, I was like, man, it's like... It doesn't even look like, you know, sometimes there's a bang-bang play and a guy gets rocked or whatever. It was very was, obvious that Dalton he, was sliding. He literally, he started his tackle heading towards the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you that he saw him happening. You have the reaction time. Football players are some of the best athletes in the world. Your reaction time is like this. You can figure shit out. He didn't think twice. And he was like, I'm going to take this guy's fucking head off. He should be suspended for the rest of the year. And, I, and I'm not even like... It's nothing for. It's not pro Andy Dalton. It's anti stupidity. But like, were you worried that Andy Dalton was gonna break off a ninety yard run? That that's why you had to load up and hit him. Yeah, exactly. Like it's Andy Dalton. Like worst case, worst case, just sort of like push him over uh, or chase him down. It's gonna take you another half a step. Like it's Andy Dalton. He's not exactly the most fleet of foot. Blessing in disguise. We get to see Ben DiNucci play a little bit now. So we'll see what happens with him. Coolest name. He sounds like he should be a private eye. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, he sounds like he should work. For the NYPD. Yeah, like, like corrupt NYPD. Like but the Benny, Benny DiNucci, not Ben. Yeah, yeah. Benny, Benny is if he was working in the NYPD, his first week he would get the nickname. Then he becomes corrupt by his third week. And he's Ben. ben. Benny yeah. DiNucci. And his That's mom still calls him. His mom still calls him Little Benny. Little Benny when he goes back to Queens for for lunch. Yeah. Oh, but little that, Benny, how are you? <laughs> or or uh, what's it called? Staten Island. I can see him being from Staten yeah, Island. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Benny um, DiNucci from Staten Island. So that's not even the, the that's not even the best cowboy story though. The best cowboy story to me was Mike Nolan uh, apparently needed to get some wings right before uh, doing his press conference and then rubbed Tabasco in his eye and had to leave the press conference. Um, we have it's, we have the video the, for all of this stuff because I saved them and I put them in the drive. And I know Eagles aware. Thanks for telling me. Actually, I wasn't. You weren't aware. Oh, it's in the drive, and I put them it's and I documented it. So the, the, the Dalton hit was in the drive. This is in the drive. The, uh, you know the what? Next I got to learn to read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next two topics are in the drive as well. So I would like – have you seen the video of him poking yeah. his eye with, with basket sauce? Eagle, like, so don't interrupt us because we're running short on time. But if you can play the video in the background while we're talking, feel yeah. free to do that at any point. If not, maybe we can do something creative and post. Um, but so – if, is there anything more emblematic of the of the giant of the uh, of the Dallas Cowboys season than rubbing Tabasco in your eye? <laughs> uh, I think I think all Cowboys fans would like to rub Tabasco sauce in their eyes, and especially <laughs> towards Mike Nolan's defense. But um, so, like you think, I, I I was gonna come in and say, you know what, Mike Nolan is a pretty terrible defensive coordinator. I think we should spin it now. Mike Nolan, come work for us at Hot Sauce Sports. Be our defensive consultant. We, you are our favorite. You're the official defensive coordinator of Hot Sauce. And Sports. and we have unlimited hot sauce from Chetty, so he can take. And that's anti tears. Chetty's hot sauce. Is, that's what I've heard. I've heard yeah, Chetty's hot sauce is anti tears. Apparently, allegedly, yeah. Chetty's hot sauce is anti tears. You can put that stuff in your eye, and he won't cry. It's fine. Eagle, we need you to confirm off camera. That's a production job. Yeah. Um, Todd Gurley gives the about putting the hot sauce in your eye. It's gonna burn. I mean. I mean, yes. you got to try it out, dude. You got to try it out. Um, Pretty sure I Todd don't. Gurley gives, Todd Gurley gives the Falcons a brand new way to lose. All he had to do was not score, and then they kick a field goal with the time running out. Instead, he falls into the end zone and allows 
Matthew Stafford to turn the Falcons into the Falcons once again. Going well, I'm taking field, the game when he touchdown. I'm taking the blame off of Gurley on this one. Okay. The reason why is that why are you calling a run play with ten with ten yards away from the end zone? Well, because they want to drain the amount of time. I get that. Any amount of time would give. I get that. Guarantee the Falcons loss. I get a simple bootleg, but when you're sending it up the middle, they're probably going to let him score, and yeah. they pretty much did let him score to the point where he just put his head down, didn't expect to not be touched, and then some guy just literally dragged him into the end zone with him. But it's like it did look like it was just momentum, right? Yeah, like, that's all it was. It was momentum. Like, I can't blame Gurley for this. I think the play call was stupid. Matt Ryan should just kind of like take a knee at that point. If you're if you you're in the ten yard line, you're not at you're not at the forty five. Where if you take a knee, you're they out needed of field the first though, because or else or else if they didn't score. Uh, Detroit was going to have about 40 seconds left. It was third down, though. Oh, it was third. You're right. I have, the, I have the video. I have the video. I mean, I think it was third down. I'm pretty sure. You know, if well, only but it's third. Three. If you don't get it, you got to kick the field goal. It still leaves some amount of time on the clock. Yeah, but a lot less to, time for them to gain yeah. field, field position and kick a field goal. You know what I mean? So, I, did love, I did love seeing um, the Lions in those garbage gray uniforms celebrating <laughs> the, the girly score. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was kind of fun. It's so gonna... stupid. It was so stupid for them to do that. But whatever. I mean, it's just added to the list of the Falcons this year, man, of the stupid shit that happened for them. It's like the them and the Cowboys. It's funny how the Falcons – I felt like the Cowboys were becoming the Falcons where they're like kind of like at that point where they might just like slowly start falling down from grace. Like, okay, yeah. all your all your hype and all, all that stuff is falling down. Now they're both kind of at the bottom together. So it's um, like they're both in the same boat, I think. We're gonna do two quick topics here, and then and then before we get to the third main topic, we'll, we're gonna to go to our guest uh, Andy McNamara, who's gonna join us shortly. Um, but just quickly, the DK ch- chase down. I was I thinking about this. Let's, let's so show he chased that. down. He chased down Buda Baker. For all we know, this is playing in the background. We have no idea. Wait, no, because um, we'll see it on the screen. Well, it's just I have you in preview, so I won't see it. But anyway, you let me know. Uh, but DK, <laughs> D- DK Metcalf in all of his muscular glory, chasing down Buda Baker. And preventing a touchdown, more threatening. Was do you think was it DK's chase down or LeBron's chase down block of the Warriors uh, to win the championship uh, with Cleveland? Oh, that's a good call. But I think this one because this one was literally ninety yards, and we actually have it on screen right now. But I'm saying more threatening. Like if you're being um, chased, like, like go the. Oh, score, I'd rather I'd rather be chased by, by LeBron person? James. I'd rather be chased by LeBron James than DK Metcalf. So that was my initial reaction. However, I then looked up their sizes. LeBron James is size. four inches and forty pounds. On DK the reason why he's forty, he's forty pounds um, uh, bigger, is because he's four inches taller. Yeah, DK Metcalf is literally weighs two hundred thirty pounds. Type, but taller. Like, no, you know no, I mean? there's there's a width factor and a leg okay. factor that you, that LeBron James has no idea where you're talking, like what what this guy is. Like he is DK Metcalf is a specimen beyond belief. I'll give you I'll give you shoulders. I'll give you shoulders because DK has some sexy shoulders. But legs, LeBron's dude. LeBron's legs are massive. Nope. His ankles alone are as big as your head. Nope. He has chicken legs because he's a basketball player. Does not have chicken legs he's at chicken all. Legs, basketball player, chicken legs, basketball player. All no, basketball hope if you're being chased by like a bear or a cheetah or something and you have DJ Metcalf with you, you're gonna die because he's getting away. Yeah, DK pretty Metcalf. much. Or he's pretty throwing much. you or he's throwing you into the fucking in the way. And you can't do anything about it because, you know, DK Metcalf. Um, Antonio Brown set to return uh, now at the Bucks. He makes good, I guess, with Bruce Arians. After that, didn't end well the first time in Pittsburgh, and um, now he's back playing with Tom Brady, and it seems like everyone's friends again. So, um, I know we've joked a lot about it. I'm just—I find this strange because there's a lot of stuff the the NFL hasn't investigated. 
including a, a potential rape allegation. And it just feels like there could be another suspension. And also, why didn't the NFL investigate it over like the year that they had to investigate this? Uh, it's very, very, very peculiar. But are you surprised that the NFL doesn't investigate things on time or in the right way? No, I just, I guess this is the most shocking one because it's very clear that the guy's got enough talent to play. We all know that, right? Like, he's not like a guy at the end of his career, he's going to fade away anyway. He's a guy who people want on the roster because teams were trying to get him on the roster even at this point. Um, and they're willing to risk the future suspension. But it just seems really strange that given that, given how high profile it is, they didn't do the research. But I guess what we can do uh, is we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss that with Andy McNamara of TSN 690. Or sorry, he's with The Score now, if I'm not mistaken. No we'll idea. follow up with him uh, shortly. He'll let us know where he's working, and um, we'll talk about we'll talk about that with him. This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town, and La Sauce Barbecue Sauce. Peas. Just like Rubber Craft, I can't resist a good rub down, and Mike's Barbecue Sauce is the best rub down in town. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off, and don't forget to rub your meat peas. And we're back, and as predicted, Terry, your hoodie has been stolen. Yes, uh, somebody just stole it from me. You did describe it as hoodie theft season, Yeah, and uh, we know now that this is true. Official socks and hoodies have been stolen, my friends, and uh, I was just robbed off camera. It's such important news that I I, I feel like we really should spend more time on it. Uh, and I, I kind of want to bump our next guest uh, because it's such, such prevalent <laughs> news during these dire times. But uh, I think we're going to stick with the script anyway. We'll go to Andy McNamara of Sportsnet. How's it going, buddy? Hey, good boys. Good to be back on with you. How's everything? Pretty good, pretty good. Awesome. Uh, I'm a Dolphins fan, so uh, I think everything is going to be solved starting this week. Two at a time. Two at a time. Two at a time. I'm ready now for 15 years of Super Bowl runs. Uh, That's what I've sold myself on for the last three years. Yeah, Uh, I've sold myself on that Ben DiNucci is going to bring us to the promised land. Oh, God. (laughs) Benny D, baby, Benny D. I saw that. I'm like, oh, Ooh, so this is how it ends, huh, Cowboys? This is how it ends. Okay, so that's going to lead us to our first question, Andy, just to get you started. Yeah. You know, Andy, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. That, what do the Cowboys do now? What do they do? Well, they've re-signed, uh, now don't get too excited, Cooper Rush uh, back. Ooh. So, you know, he was with the Cowboys, and then they cut him, and then he went to the Giants, and then they cut him, and now the Cowboys got him back. So you got Cooper Rush. Which, you know, I look back at my combine notes. Uh, not great. Not great. But, you know, it's, it's a body. It's, uh, I know him better than, than Danucci. Uh, I don't know anything too much about him. But this is, it seems, guys, like a fire sale now in Dallas. All of a sudden, like, they're shipping guys off. They're talking. The infighting is astonishing. Openly, players saying the coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing. Mike McCarthy signed a long contract there. Like, what is going to happen in Dallas? Dak goes and everything falls apart in that NFC East, which, let's be honest, is still very much up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's weird that it's up to grabs that up for grabs that the, the winner of the division is going to finish five and eleven or six and ten. And right. I mean, I don't know what Cooper Rush if he's the savior of the team or not. But well, the way I saw it was out of all these people coming out and talking and, and talking about the coaching staff and the preparation or lack of preparation. Um, I, w- I knew that there was going to be a fire sale. 
because there's something wrong with the locker room there. There's something that doesn't gel. Mm. And all these new guys that they added in, McCoy, uh, Poe, um, Griffin, you know, all great talents at one point in their careers, but reasons why they're not with their current, with their first franchises yeah. is that maybe, maybe they were a little bit head cases. We know Everson Griffin was a head case. So when they signed him, I didn't get too excited because I, I didn't I have a, I had a feeling he wouldn't finish the season. And it was a case where I understood what Dallas was doing in the sense that they had Dak, they had drafted CeeDee Lamb. They were in go-for-it-now mode. Like, this was a go-for-it-this-year mode. So you bring in, you know, I, I get that that mindset sort of, okay, maybe they're problem guys, maybe there are some issues, but if we're in go-for-it mode, winning solves everything, and you get some talent maybe on a rotational basis. So I understand it. But the problem is when you go that route, like we're seeing, things start to go south. Uh, th then there's a lot of malcontents there. And now we're seeing that sell-off, which is so disappointing. Like, from a fantasy perspective, the fall-off from how many people drafted I, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak, right? Like, just all gone gone down the tubes. It's uh, very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, the, um, Andy, I want to ask, actually, because uh, you being a um, Cleveland Browns fan, um, that injury to Odell, I found for some reason, and I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a Browns fan at all, but uh, just seeing that injury, my heart kind of sank, and I just really felt bad for a player who I thought has a bit of a bad rap for reasons that I don't particularly agree with. Am I alone in that sentiment, or is that like what Browns fans feel across the board? Yeah, and you know, I think it even came out a little bit more after the outpouring of support from teammates and not the usual, yeah. you know, get better, man. You know, you see that all the time, but coming out more so than ever that he was the energizer, the juice, the most popular locker room force there that got everybody sort of jacked up. So to feel that emotion in the locker room, while you can make an argument, I think it's a valid one where not having the pressure internally, whatever mental for, for Baker Mayfield to get OBJ X number of targets or always look his way and be able to spread the ball out like he did in his rookie season where he had the most success. Still, there's that that intangible that is going to be missing there. I think they're going to be able to overcome it. I am. But it is it is something very unfortunate. I'm with you. I think he does get a, a bit of a, a bad rap as a, as that that super diva type. It turns out maybe he was more of a team guy than most people thought. Yeah. I mean, uh, as long as you know the, uh, the field goal kicking net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might disagree. I mean, I yeah. ate my words a bit too because I always thought that OBJ was kind of like a head case as well. I mean, we saw it with the kicking net, like Pete mentioned. Uh, my issue with the Browns isn't necessarily uh, the receiving core or whatever. They're, I mean, their team looks well. Is that I think Baker Mayfield feels like he can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. And when he does wrong, you call him out on it. You're wrong for calling him out on it. And when he does right, you should be kissing his feet. Is my assessment wrong? You know what? It's not it's not that far off. That's kind of I've I've often thought like if Baker Mayfield was on not my team, I'd probably hate him. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's on my team. I'm going to love him until he's not, right? But yeah, and that's part of really what gives Baker his edge and what has driven him to be great up to the National Football League to eventually become the the first overall pick, right? The walk-on status, the transferring the F you to the world type of mentality that has gotten him to this point has served him in different ways well, even in the pros. But it's a case where, all right, if you want to have the swag, you want to do that that uh, over-the-top confidence or, or negativity when you're down, um, 
you're going to have to deal with it. Like you're going to have to deal with the national media dumping on you. You're going to have to deal with people wanting you to fail. And it's up to you to overcome it. Whereas if you have more of a just placid personality, like Sam Darnold, I call him dead eyes. He just has like, you know, just, he's just, just sort of staring out there. Like no one's getting mad at Sam Darnold. Cause he it's, a side of, it's a side effect of mono. <laughs> so, so here's the thing, Andy, like I'm, I'm the opposite. Like I'm a, I'm an agent for chaos. I, <laughs> I love when a superstar was not afraid to just say yeah. what's on their mind is, is willing to say something interesting, something that like guys like me and you and Terry can, can run with and make fun of and, and have fun with. And, and Baker Mayfield to me, is, he's an interesting guy. Like, give me sure. more interesting guys than, than Peyton Manning's giving me the same answers every week. Like, yeah. I like, I like a guy who's, who's a bit feisty who, yeah, you know what? He's going to get annoyed when you, when you, when you pick at him, but like, I mean, I would, maybe internally or externally, but I would get annoyed if guys picked at me. Terry would too. I've seen Terry's temper. I know what it's all about. He usually, usually only exhibits it towards me, but, you know, uh, I know what it's all about. Uh, and another guy uh, who's got kind of that extra, that plus some sort of more, um, uh, how can I put this, sort of, sort of team cancer sort of reputation in Antonio Brown. We see his return coming uh now to the to the buccaneers i know you're nodding by how impressed you are and how i tied them together to be clear <laughs> i didn't know how i was going to do that when i started you that did it man that's a pro professional yeah. broadcaster yeah, right i guess so i guess so but um when you see him going to uh the buccaneers do you think that'll have a bigger fantasy impact or a bigger nfl impact uh if and when he plays i like that question a bigger fantasy or nfl impact you know what? Honestly, I think it's going to have probably a bigger NFL real life impact. And this is going to be fascinating to follow because people have said, oh, he's been humbled. Oh, OK. Like Antonio Brown, last last we saw him, very unstable, I think is uh, is a nice way to put it. Right. Unhinged. Unhinged. Unloose. Wild card. Like whatever you want to call it. So he's going to come into a positive situation. Things are going well, like with most players. If things are going good and you're winning, Antonio Brown's going to be just fine. What if they don't? What if in Antonio Brown's mind, he's not getting enough targets, right? Like that's what we don't know. And he can do the song and dance all he wants to say he's changed or whatever. That's cool. He's got to prove it. So from, if we look at it from a fantasy side, all right, how are these targets going to get distributed out? It, it's this, I would be very concerned if I'm a Mike Evans owner, a Godwin owner, especially when we're looking at that, because how is it going to be distributed? How long? Here's the other question. Okay, Antonio Brown gets in, hasn't played in a long time. How many weeks till he gets up to full speed? And in the meantime, how is that going to affect the target share of Evans and Godwin? And even to a lesser extent, Scotty Miller that was for PPR question. formats, right? Like there's there's so many layers to it. So I think it's going to have a negative fantasy impact overall. But hey, you know what? Real life NFL, you got another guy to worry about for defenses. So it's it's a good thing. And that's the thing. I think he'll be he'll probably be more of a threat when it comes to real NFL pieces. Answer yeah. your question. And yeah, like Andy said, I mean, fantasy wise, it'll be hard for me to t say that he's going to be a game breaker fantasy wise. He probably might have one or two games, right, Andy, where he'll yeah. he'll break up, maybe get two touchdowns, maybe four or five catches. If you're in a PPR, that might benefit you. But I think that there's so many mouths to feed in that offense. And and my question to you, Andy, is this the best offense we've seen in the last like 15 years on paper? On paper, you look at it like if it and, and, and the on paper part's important because Mike Evans and Godwin still are not 100% healthy. They're playing exactly. there. There's the ankles, there's the hammies and all that. But if we took them solely at full health, everybody's healthy. Okay, we're, we're playing Madden here. Everybody's healthy. <laughs> and you, you add in Leonard Fournette in the backfield, Ronald Jones, Gronk, you know, even to a lesser extent, Cameron Brayton, who I'm still 
a little a little bullish on as if Gronk gets hurt, a nice handcuff there. Um, OJ Howard. OJ OJ Howard, if he's healthy, right? Yeah, yeah. He's knocked out for the year. Those weapons, and for Tom Brady, it just seems like all he's got to do is get those guys in the precision routes that he needs. Tom Brady, as we know, it's all precision. It's all timing. If you get those guys all clicking and they know where to be, I don't know how you stop that offense. I really don't. And uh, Tom Brady found his, uh, his Welker yeah. slash Edelman slash now Miller. Scotty. Scotty Scott. Miller. Yeah. Never heard exactly. of him before this season. And look, all of a sudden, he's going to be all the Famer. Look, look for the tiny little white guy receiver. And it's like, Dad, there's Brady's that's the guy. guy. That's the guy that's I want to be. Scotty Miller. Love it. <laughs> so I have a question, actually. This is for specifically like switching gears to, to only fantasy now. Yeah. Um, we. Who, we saw last season a guy like Darius Slayton come on come onto the scene and and give guys a boost, give teams a boost uh, to maybe help them win their leagues. Who are guys at both the running back and wide receiver position who you think can be guys who you can add now to your roster, but will only have an impact late season slash playoffs? Great question, and I actually have articles that come out twice a week on Sportsnet.ca. My waiver wire pickups article every Tuesday. And uh, on Saturday, my sleepers article, and you can get that on sportsnet.ca and on the Twitter right there, you see the link. I've actually I'm used lo- your, uh, sorry, Andy, I've actually used your sleepers article for daily fantasy. Oh, yeah? Used, yeah, to, to look for like, who can I get value from? Uh, and you I've go. used your uh, your waiver wire pickups as well. So awesome, definitely, man. definitely do, do check that out. Good. Thank you so much. Well, a guy I'm looking for and who I had in this week's article, Nelson Aguilar. Guys, I, it feels weird to say from his Eagle days. I know. I know. Constant disappointment. Look at, and I'm not one about chasing points. If a guy has a big week, you got to prove it to me a little bit first. Three weeks in a row. Each week, a touchdown. 14.10 fantasy points, the minimum. Last week, you went over 100 yards and 21. That's three straight weeks. Now you got a plus matchup versus the Browns, whose secondary can't stop anybody. Now they still, it's an interesting defense because the Browns uh, lead the league in turnovers, but they give up a lot of points. You're going to be in a shootout here, and Derek Carr is finding Nelson Aguilar. That people are sleeping on that guy so hard. I would jump at Nelson Aguilar right now. And at running back, this is where we got to track it a little bit. Um, Jamichael Hasty, big pickup, but you got to wonder if Tevin Coleman's going to play this week. You got to watch. Then DJ Dallas, who I absolutely loved as a dynasty stash going into this year for Seattle for PPR only. I think the guy's a hell of a back pass catcher, and he's got some zip, little little swag to him too. Um, if Carlos Hyde's hamstring acts up. Now, again, we're not going to know that till later in the week. But if he doesn't go, he's the only back. He's it. Like, he, yeah. he's the only guy they can put back there because of the COVID rules. You can't just pop somebody in out of nowhere. So DJ Dallas and Jermichael Hasty are two running backs. I would track, watch the health of the other players. And if if it, it shows that they're going to start, you get them in the lineup. You mentioned Hasty, And my question is, as a guy who owns mostert in several leagues and therefore owens mckinnon in several leagues yeah yep. why wasn't mckinnon playing last week question mark dude i have i had him on one of my teams i did i had him in there i was like all right mckinnon then kyle shanahan after oh we wanted to uh we wanted to rest him he's been getting too much work kyle could you have told us before kickoff that thanks minus one, thanks kyle shanahan minus one point you would have been better to leave the spot blank that yeah. was killer Killer. Uh, it was a killer. I had a terrible week. A terrible I lost week. my I lost my, my my week by five points. So thanks, Kyle. Yeah, that'll do it. 
what I like about Kyle, I don't like that, but what I like about Kyle is that he's kind of like extended his father's legacy to the way he coaches and how you can put any running back in there and they'll just get you a thousand yards. I'll never forget the Denver Broncos and Mike Anderson. What happened to Mike Anderson after he had those thousand yard seasons? We don't even know. Mike Anderson started as a fullback. Yeah, he was like 400 pounds. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, just to say, is I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, but he's a, he doesn't care about fantasy, clearly, which means we hate him. We do. Well, and if you remember the way Mostert started, uh, Andy, it was a week that, uh, was it Morris? Alfred Morris was supposed to get all of the work, and instead he got minus one point, and all of the other uh, yards and, and, and all the other work went to uh, went to, to Raheem Mostert. So uh, just, to, just to say he's done it before. So I don't know why I'm surprised. I don't know why you were surprised. It's just what he does. It just happened. Jeff Wilson then popped last week, but he's out injured too. So yeah. it might, if Tevin Coleman does not play, and he was activated from injured reserve, so the 49ers have 21 days to get him back on the, on the roster. Um, I'm hoping he doesn't play this week because that would just muddy it all up because then you don't know how much work Coleman's going to get. If it's just him, you're going to have Hasty. you're going to have McKinnon. And uh, again, when it comes down to that, is he going to rest McKinnon more? I don't know. So I'm a little spooked from McKinnon, but if Coleman doesn't go, I'd feel pretty good about Hasty, who in the limited carries last week, I thought he had real quick feet, had a little head jiggle. I liked him. I thought he had a little, uh, little, little bit of elusiveness to him last week. Absolutely. Um, Andy, before we let you go, um, give me three buy low candidates that our listeners and our viewers can uh, can sort of keep in mind and make offers for heading into the latter half of the season. So I'll say I'll give you one that you can get off of waivers. You don't got to buy low. Uh, Rashard Higgins, and we talked about OBJ earlier. Um, this is a guy who you have to remember. He lived at Baker Mayfield's house a couple of years ago. Lived. Lived with him. Um, they had rapport. He was in the doghouse last year. He's coming back. Richard Higgins is a guy you can get off waivers now. Now, somebody else you might want to look at, and it's a buy low if he's in a league. And, and listen, I, I, because of the dire straits of the running back position, in a perfect world, I, I, I don't love this. But Devontae Freeman of the Giants, okay? The Giants stink. I know it. You know it. But if you, if you can offer next to nothing and you need for some running back depth, He's the only guy that can make any sort of impact. He's banged up now, but for the, the, the push to the playoffs, that's a guy on the bench who, as the touches went up before he got banged up again, we saw the workload start to increase steadily. Got a touchdown. That's somebody on your bench I would like. I don't want to start him, but as a bench depth guy, I really like that. And, you know, again, and for, for quarterback, heck, if, if you can get somebody who uh, maybe is selling a little bit on Joe Burrow, they're excited about Justin Herbert, the rookie. Joe Burrow's the real deal, too. And, and I think that's some of the shine has come off him a little bit with Justin Herbert. So maybe see if you can get a little bit of a discount in your league on him. Absolutely. Um, I'll share one. I guess it's not even really a buy low, sort of a, just a surprise buy that I've, I've seen all over the place. Um, and I think it's just because of one week he it was an absolute goose egg. Is believe it or not, Calvin Ridley is the guy yeah. I've been able to trade for in multiple leagues just because people are so scared about that. The yeah, fact it doesn't that make sense how you got that, that trade. How you got that trade. You're a That's phenomenal. Asshole. But it's, Terry, I've done that in three leagues. Doesn't make sense. Wow. People are so terrified of A, Julio Jones being the quote-unquote workhorse, even though wide receivers don't work that way. Secondly, um, just the fact that, um, again, he had that one week where he put up zero, and, and fantasy owners are emotional people. Yes. And they get scarred easily. And, yeah. and so I was just like, let me just throw out this name, Calvin Ridley. And someone else I, I spoken to says, hey, I got Calvin Ridley for like a decent price. And by that, I mean like a package of like RB2 wide receiver two. 
And for that, in exchange, you're getting the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Wow. Zero a week. It makes no sense to me. But well, especially with Julio Jones, every week, guys, except for like one, he's got a letter beside his name. Question. It's a toe. It's a hammy. It's an ankle. Like, hey, you're not getting yeah. that. That is an absolute steal. I love it. I love also, it. Like, and, and, and the thing is, it's not that it's not I'm saying like buy low in terms of like you'll get them for nothing. It'll cost you. It'll cost you valuable yeah. pieces. But, but not as much. you can return elite value, you got to take it. Oh, my when gosh. I, when, I I, when I saw that trade, I wanted to take Chetty's Hot Sauce, our sponsor, Hot Sauce 25, 25% off the entire website. You, to, I wanted to take their garlic and their mango hot sauce and pour it into my eyes. <laughs> oh, that's what Mike Nolan did. That's what Mike yeah. Nolan did, Terry. Yeah, Mike Nolan. Yeah. Oh, Tabasco sauce. Where you got it from. Was Tabasco that not the sauce. best? Lesser like, like, sauce. What what if what a Dallas here is like ah oh, guys I got hot sauce on my it's like is this real what, what Texas is this right now <laughs> yeah you know what it, you mentioned the the Falcons Hayden Hurst at tight end that's another guy I was really high on coming on slow start Matt Ryan loves his tight ends and we're starting to see back to back weeks again nice in the teens fantasy points in PPR getting the odd touchdown I think Hayden Hurst is another buy low candidate especially with that that tight end group is so. The, the, like around the whole league is so thin. Dallas Goddard too. If someone panicked and dropped him or, or thinks he's not going to be a big part of that Philly offense, he's going to be coming off of IR. They just designated him to return too. I just yeah. dropped him. Get him so, back. So Hayden Hurst, I drafted in most of my leagues as my backup tight end. Hunter Henry, nice. George Kittle were the guys that I was reaching for. So I, most of the time I got Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst was my backup. I ended well, up dropping him in a couple leagues uh, because he wasn't doing much and I needed to make a move and I don't want to get rid of the other guys. Now I'm looking to get him back. But also, I fucking dropped Dallas Goddard when he was on my IR because I needed that space. Uh, you know what? I had Dallas Goddard in one. I didn't need another IR space, so I still have him there. But what I was able to do, I picked up uh, Robert Tunyon for the Packers. I got him a week before he was cool, folks. That, that's why you read my <laughs> stuff. That's why, that's why you read my stuff. I got him before it was cool. Um, and then I had Evan Ingram sort of as a bridge. Who just Evan Ingram's going to get you nine points. That's it. He's going to get you less. Yeah. He's going to get you nine points. So if you like yeah. that, that's fine. But that that was sort of my balance there. So Andy, just one quick question here before we let you go. Um, I was actually thinking about this. I've made a lot of my decisions this year in fantasy uh, based on pacing, how quickly teams play. So I like, for example, a lot of guys on Atlanta. A lot of guys, I like, for example, Kenny Galladay in Detroit. I like I like a lot of guys who play on fast offenses because the more plays a team runs. Uh, the more opportunity they have for scoring and, and for contribution, kind of the way you look at facing in basketball. Um, and I was wondering if that's going to be a metric people start to look at when it comes to fantasy and sometime soon. Makes a lot of sense. And you can throw Arizona in that too. Cliff King. Yeah, Arizona that. too. I, I draft a lot of Arizona. Yeah. it has been irritating me, but you know, whatever. I know. I know. I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, no, it makes sense because why? You have a faster pace offense. You get more plays in. There's more potential. You get more fantasy points. It, it makes total sense. Another guy you should keep an eye on, too, speaking of Arizona, Christian Kirk. Do not sleep on that guy. Oh, I have he, him. I got offered a few trades for him, and I remember. Really? I have him, yeah. too, yeah. Nice. I, I'm, I got him off waivers. And then the week, he, the week he blew up, I had him on my bench because I'm an asshole. Yeah, oh. No, and you know what? It's always a question with DeAndre Hopkins, but he was dinged up a little bit, too. But it seems yeah. like as Kyler Murray is evolving, Christian Kirk is getting more. You know, we all love Larry Fitzgerald, but he's a non-factor anymore. So yeah. uh, Christian Kirk's another guy. That your listeners might want to get uh, get in there. This is good. Absolutely. I want Thank to rewatch this later and write it all down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy, for joining us. Uh, as always, great fantasy advice and great NFL insight as well. That's what makes you the best in the business. Uh, joining Thanks, us buddy. from Sportsnet. Uh, thanks a lot, Andy. Oh, anytime, guys. Love chatting with you. Thank you, Andy. Really appreciate it. 
This show is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub, home of the best rubs in town, and La Salle's Barbecue Sauce Peas. Absolutely. They will get you satisfied in 12 seconds or less, just like Rick Pitino at that restaurant. So visit Mike's BBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 promo code for 10% off on all individual bottles. That's Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off. And Peas, don't forget to rub your meats. That was, again, another awesome interview with Andy McNamara. It's the first time we're not drinking while interviewing Andy Mac. Um... The dude is legendary, of course, for his old fashions, but more importantly for our listeners at this time of year for his uh, fantasy football prowess. That dude is awesome. Maybe we can have him on, Terry, near the end of the season and get some like get some fan questions, sort of outsource the work. We do less. The fans oh, do more. That's a good idea. And we get the same amount of sponsorship. That's an amazing idea. Love it. Love yeah, it. I like it. We might um, but get another sponsor and get more. Oh, yeah. That's the goal. That's Sponsored the goal. For us to do less and less work and yeah. more and more sponsors. Oh, I'm down. I'm down for that. L- just like Elliot Price always did radio. Outsource all the work to callers. Hey, don't um, talk about Elliot Price. He's a fucking legend in the city. Yeah, he's a garbage man. I agree. Mike Miller. <laughs> speaking of uh, guys who – people who might potentially be garbage. <laughs> Mike Miller gets drafted by the Coyotes. The Coyotes have a CEO who's on like the league's um, – what's, what's the organization, Eagle? The – Oh, I'm going to find it. Uh, yeah, get the name because I want to get the, the wording right exactly of his title. Um, but they draft a guy who bullied a um, a minority disabled uh, player. Oh, sorry, a minority disabled kid uh, while he was a junior league player. And this, this, this guy was tormented until even two years ago. So even past high school, uh, Mike Miller was still being a jerk. Uh, and the only time an apology ever came out was after he got caught. So it begs the question is whether he felt bad or whether he just apologized because he got caught. The I think... name of the organization is the Inclusion Council. Yeah. So his apology was to the teams, not to the person. So imagine oh, I, kick, I kick you in the nuts and I call your boss and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, I kick peas in the nuts. To I call fair, my boss. I call my boss. I'm like, hey, I kicked this guy in the nuts. Sorry, I apologize. Yes, it's not even my boss. Not even to say why I'm missing work. It's, yeah, exactly. it's hey, look, sorry I'm late. I kicked the guy in the balls. <laughs> I have to clean my shoe after. There is, there's an open letter from the mother of the boy that he bullied, and it basically says, I read the statements made by Bill Armstrong, and I find them demeaning to our son. Are you all aware Mitchell never apologized to our son? Are you aware two years ago he still taunted him? Are you aware this went on for years? Um, I respect you stating he sent all the NHL teams an apology, but would it make sense if he was truly remorseful to send a letter to the kid that he brutally bullied both mentally and physically? Like, she's totally right in this one. Yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's, it's truly awful. And uh, Terry, you and I have talked to hockey players. We know some of the, the hazing and some of the, the stuff that goes behind the scenes. We know some of the stuff with, with minorities in the league and how tough hockey is on those players specifically. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get more from this story, and I kind of want to react to it as uh, it unravels, and we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it's something that gets discussed further than this and isn't... Um... Alexa, reminder off! I hate the kids. I hate working from the, home. The kid's going to the kid's gonna come out and apologize, and then we're all going to forget about it. I do, hope do you not. guys hope... think John Chayka, when he, if he was still GM, he would have drafted him? 100%. Yeah. Actually, John Chayka has analytics, so I don't know if John Chayka would have drafted him. That's a well, good point. Well, it depends. Did the analytics cover bullying and being a jackass? It's a good point. I don't know. If he, if he didn't put it in there, then he's the asshole. Is there a douche factor that you're, <laughs> that you're grading? <laughs> Next. Um, if so, no lacrosse players from Duke make your team. Exactly. Uh, Eagle, I think it's time to get rapid fire. Sorry we've been running so long. We've had so much to cover, especially 
sandwiches. Yes. Uh, first topic is going to be uh, Tiger King's future. So Trevor Lawrence was asked if he plans on declaring for the NFL draft. His answer is the most boring answer you can expect. My mindset has been that I'm going to move on, but who knows? There's a lot that could happen. And cue the snores. So what I got from this was um, maybe. I. It's a rare occasion that someone's asked a question and I have less information after they answer it than before the answer was given. So Trevor Lawrence, man, uh, if this doesn't work out, maybe you can uh, find a career in politics. I think Trevor Lawrence as a politician is a guarantee. I think Paul, I think Trevor Lawrence has the most beautiful hair of all time. That's but all does he I cut his say. hair for politics? Does he cut his hair to like... You can't because it's what's going to get you votes. Yeah, and I feel like he has... He's the Steve Harrington of the NFL or the NCAA. I feel like he has a head where long hair just has to be there. He can't have short hair. His head is huge if you think about it. It's like long. It comes out like this. He does. It's true. You know what? The hair frames his face. Because yeah. he, would have, he wouldn't be attractive, I don't think, if he had short hair. It's a good point. It, like it draws you in. It's kind of like, like Slash from Guns N' Roses. Was he only hot because the hair and the hat? Well, I thought I was hot when I was 18 and I had hair down to my nipple. You know, heavy metal head playing football. You know, fat as shit. It was good. I was, was the exact time. same person. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Next, uh, Stampede Analysis. Jeff Garcia says Cam Newton should spend less time on his wardrobe and more time in his playbook. Is this another old man get off my lawn comment or actual analysis? And I will add to this. There are stories from New England teammates where they're on the team plane flying to places and Newton's studying the playbook while everyone else is kind of chilling and sleeping on the plane. What do you mean? Literally Maybe that. sleeping on a like, people are like, you're flying to your away game, essentially, right? Or you're flying home. And people are yeah. like, listening to music, taking a nap, reading a book, whatever it is. And here he is studying the playbook and reviewing stuff and all that stuff. There's, oh, there's okay. The, I misunderstood. Yeah. So. Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia is one of, is is becoming the Paul Pierce of football. It's like where you, listen, you were relevant. Well, no, but to Paul Pierce was good. But Jeff Garcia was good. Jeff Garcia was a guy. He was a guy who played in the NFL. He had like one good season in the NFL. Yeah, Paul Pierce he had some success. Yeah, we had some success. No, no, but just to say is that Jeff Garcia is becoming the guy that just is trying to get sound bites and stay relevant and just coach your high school football team and leave us alone. You know what I mean? Like, so like the thing I hate about this is it's not actual analysis, right? Because like, look, you see me, Terry. You know I'm in finance threads. You know how much work I put in. It is what it is. They're two separate things. That's like saying, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't jerk off so much at night and go to work in the morning. You could do both things. You know, why, why don't you stop watching Netflix and, and, and uh, work harder on your body? For all you know, the guy's at the gym eight hours, watches Netflix for four hours. Yeah. Like, you don't know what these people do clearly because, again, all I've ever heard about Cam Newton is he's a hard worker. Now, you might not like his style. You might, not, you might think, you know what, I'm the kind of person who thinks you need to have flash only if you're successful, which I think is ridiculous. But that might be your standpoint. But even at that, how about you're a former NFL and CFL quarterback, mostly CFL, but you're a former professional quarterback. How about you give us analysis that guys like Terry and I can't do? Because Terry and I can make fun of how people dress. We can't talk about how it's like to be an NFL quarterback. How about you give us your actual expertise? Or maybe you don't have it because you were trash. I don't know who's worse, Jeff Garcia or Skip Bayless now. But Skip Bayless, because you kind of expect the stupidity. Where Jeff Garcia, it's like, why is he talking? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. While he was wearing the most god-awful suit I've ever seen, talking about Cam Newton's wardrobe. Not to mention know. the jeans that I found in that picture that Eagle's putting up, I hope. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Garbage, garbage, acid wash jeans. 
Next, does Bo know? Bo Jackson says he'd run for 350 to 400 yards per game in today's NFL. Do you guys believe him? I, the only reason why I believe him is because the amount of juice he was on back in the day where <laughs> they didn't test for that kind of thing. So if he was on that kind of amount of juice today, then yes, he would probably rush for close to 300 yards a game. I don't think it's 300 yards a game. And I think I have proof. I have actual proof, like physical proof that exists today that he could not do it. You want to know what that proof is? Oh. Derrick Henry. Play. Derrick Henry is a bigger, faster version of Bo Jackson, and he does not rush for 300 to 400 yards. He ran for last week or a couple weeks ago when he broke that big 94-yard run or whatever it was. He was running 20 miles an hour. Something that big was running 20 miles an hour. Think about well, that. Well, DK Metcalf on that run was 22.6 miles an hour. But that's what I'm saying. These guys, these guys are bigger and faster than they were in those days, including the defense. So I don't see it. Honestly, I love Bo Jackson. I think he was absolutely incredible athlete. I think he would be Derrick Henry of today or greater. But, you know, at most, he's going to be what a lot of these guys are, 1,500 to 2,000-yard guys. And that's, that's still amazing. One of the best athletes of all time. Absolutely. Next, uh, Christian the Prestige. Christian McCaffrey started practice in a red non-contact jersey and then decided, <laughs> eh, fuck it, I feel like practicing today and put on a regular one. You know why? Because Christian McCaffrey is a tough son of a bitch and he knows that he's going to get ripped all kinds if he had kept that jersey on all practice. I, I disagree, Terry. I think I know what this is because I pulled this move. I pulled this move when I was like my, my terrible basketball team where I was like the the, the – you know, the unheralded guy who was, like, the second-best scorer on the team. So, like, guys liked me. I was a teammate guy. So, like, I had faked an injury. And then, like, as the game started, warm-up started, I started running around the court to try and intimidate the other team. That's what Christian McCaffrey did. It's high school antics. I love it. I love it. And last topic for today, and I don't understand the telephone here, uh, Petty Wars. Pat Riley says the 2020 championship of the NBA Finals should come with an asterisk because of the whole situation and the Heat playing with a few hurt players. So um, the te- the when telephone, he had- just, just really quickly, Terry, the telephone was because I accidentally put the NCAA phone jack story twice yeah, yeah. on the script and not the Pat Riley story. So it's so, fine. Just, just so not only did the- you, you fuck up the description, you also fucked up the icon. But if you if you look at Pat Riley, doesn't he not look like a dial-up phone, like a, like it's a true. like a home it's phone? A very good, it's a very good point. Very good point. So Pat Riley, would you have taken the asterisk if asterisk asterisk if uh, the Heat had won the championship? So the reason he's saying it's not because of this, the bubble and the sixty games and all that. Okay, he's saying because he's of the amount of injuries they had. Because Goran and Bam were hurt, but I mean. Listen, if Bam was there, it's a different series, but it's also the outcome, I think, stays the same. Like, think, as much as good as Bam is, yeah. The Lakers were the better team. We all we all know that. Uh, it would have been an, an amazing story had the Heat won. We all wanted it to happen, but no one truly expected that to happen. We, we saw, look, LeBron James and, and AD were the two best players on the court, no matter what, no matter who else was on the court. So then uh, the thing we're, that I see is just, a, you know, a guy in his later years kind of just, trying to hang on to glory, and he was so close. That might be his last chance in his life, and he feels that he lost it. It's really unfortunate, but at the same time, injuries have always been a part of it. Uh, like the, the Cavs didn't get an asterisk when uh, when Draymond Green was suspended, or Toronto didn't get an asterisk when Golden State all got injured in the, in the last championship. It is what it is. Nobody even remembers the injuries. You just remember the winner. And when we talk about... If we talk about the the Lakers championships in let's say ten years from now, I don't think many people are going to say the asterisk, asterisk, but they will say it when it comes to LeBron. So people pick and choose when they say it, and to me there is none. It doesn't. We, it's we a non. It's we a non. We don't non-factor. deserve LeBron, man. Like 
to to criticize that level of greatness the way we do, I just feel bad. I feel, yeah, I, it's so hard bad. to feel bad for someone who's so successful and so rich. But man, it just seems like why are we doing this? Like we're yeah. gonna we're gonna look back at it and tell our kids this guy was amazing, and then they'll look back at all the comments and be like, why do people hate him? I don't know because he wasn't another guy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just the most ridiculous thing. Anyway, uh, Terry, thank you uh, for everything you've done today. You've been awesome. Andy Mack was absolutely on fire. Great fantasy football analysis. Great NFL analysis. Eagle, you did some stuff. I assume I've had the script on and Terry's face in preview, so I don't even know what's on the screen. I assume you did a good job. Uh, thank you for that. But most it looks of all, really good. Duke gave us brand new graphics, so I've been editing him in slowly but surely. Nice, yeah, it looks nice. nice. It looks nice. Um, that's it, boys. That's all there is. So, Eagle, play the thing that I you've not been supposed to say. To hot sauce sport. I just did it. Amazing. We got the timing right, even though it was clunky as hell. That's why you don't talk anymore. <laughs>